Hello and welcome back to the 2018 version of Access MLS. I know I have to admit I've been away for a while. Um, things have been pretty hectic in my own personal life um, between school and a couple internships, but I've still been following along the entire MLS season. And um, now that we're about a third of the way through, uh, most teams have played between around 13 or 14 games, and we've got a World Cup break approaching. I felt it was the right time for a little bit of a mid-season power rankings analysis. So I wanted to jump back in and do a podcast on what I've seen and just give my thoughts on kind of where we stand as a league uh, going forward. So let's just get right into it. Let's start from the bottom and work our way up. Um, All 23 teams are going to be highlighted. Um, So if you're just looking for your specific team, I'll try to leave that um, in the uh, description for the uh, podcast. But we're going to start at the bottom. And at number 23, I've got the Colorado Rapids. Um, It's pretty bleak. Uh, If you've been following MLS at all, you know, they've lost seven straight. Four of those have been at home. And this team is kind of of in shambles right now. Um, the problems are all over the pitch. Um, let's not, when you're 23rd in a power ranking, um, there always are going to be problems all over the place. But they start at the back um, and at the back back, not the back line, but 39-year-old Tim Howard. Um He's been atrocious in goal. Um, it, it's kind of sad to see as a United States national team fan. Um, he looks like a statue um, on, a lot, on a lot of goals that they've conceded. Um, and his, the three at the back in front of him has not really um, been that smooth either. Um, it hasn't really done him any favors. He's been facing a lot of shots per game, which is allowing him to become more and more exposed. Um <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it has not been smooth back there. Um, Axel Schuberg, uh, a guy that was a couple of years ago a finalist for Defender of the Year, just has lost his form entirely. Um, he's taken steps back in the next two years. The guys alongside him, uh, Tommy Wilson and others, have just been very poor. Um, it, it, it's not good back there. The midfield has been extremely underwhelming, um, besides maybe Edgar Castillo, who's had a couple nice moments um, for the team. Other than that... Uh, I haven't really seen that much from their offseason signings. Um, they've got 14 goals in 12 games. Um, that's 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 really bad, and that kind of stems from um, from the top, um, Dominic Badgie, who is supposed to be their who is their best player. Not supposed to be. I know he's a very good player. He's obviously suffering from a lack of lack of connection in that midfield, but he's still only got one goal since April. Um, that's really hurting them and the team overall. And um, they're bottom of the barrel in the league um, overall. They're a disaster. Disaster, and Anthony Hudson's got to write the ship. Uh, I know they've had a tough schedule early on. <clears throat> But um, it's it's not they're not in good shape there. They've they made a lot big overhaul and it hasn't seemed to work so far. So currently I have them sitting at twenty three. Um, at twenty two I have the San Jose Earthquakes. Um, Mikal Stare was brought in kind of to into San Jose to stabilize. Um, one of what was the most inconsistent teams in the league last year when they had a negative twenty goal differential. But the only consistency so far we've seen is kind of losses and poor defending. Uh, the back line. <clears throat> was worried about it coming into the season. It's it's a mess. It's been a revolving door uh, centrally between Cummings, uh, Quintana, and Jimmy Oxford, m- multiple different formations. We've even seen, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, We've even seen Florian Youngworth go back there. Um, the fullback position, Nick Lima's good on the one side. He's a young uh, up-and-comer, but I don't think she, I think Shea Salinas is kind of done. They need to upgrade at left back. Um, so their defense has caused them a lot of problems. They've conceded a lot of goals. Um, and they do have some uh, decent attacking options on this team. Uh, Danny houston has been pretty good, impressed me so far. He's got seven goals already, already outperformed his last season. But... Um, 
but inconsistency from Magnus Eriksson, especially and especially Vako. I thought Vako had some nice moments last year, but he really hasn't shown up consistently this year. That's really handcuffed them, and because of that, they have not been able to outscore their leaky back line, and uh, that's really just put them at a huge disadvantage. And um, <clears throat> what I'm seeing here is that Mikel Stari must be able to ad- adapt to ex- exploit the young talent that they do have. A couple of those type of guys are like in Jackson Yule and like I said, Nick Lima. These are young guys that have potential to be a part of the next successful San Jose Earthquake team. But as of now, they're formationless. They've been going back and forth in different areas and they've been porous in the back line. They're just leaking goals left and right. And um, if you don't get great production offensively from those guys every game with that type of defense, you're just gonna you're gonna you're not gonna be able to outscore it and it's, that's exactly what's happened they're sitting i think at about nine points right now and um it's re- it's really hurt them so far and it's too bad because they they um they made a pr- some big changes from the last year and um we haven't really seen that real improvement um coming in at number 21 i have the montreal impact and um it seems that there's a little bit of a, a pattern here, and, I, and I've started with the coaches. I've talked about the coaches for each of these three teams. Um, this one's Remy Guard, and it's very interesting to see um, that these three coaches, all brought in from foreign leagues with really no MLS experience at all, um, they've struggled, and their teams have struggled as well. Um, Remy Guard has kind of taken a no-nonsense approach. He's been very direct with his players. He's called them out when he, th- he doesn't really seen um, the the effort level that he's wanted but the results have been poor I mean they've responded maybe once or twice but then when you start beating a dead horse like that you don't know if that can last all season and players might start to um, turn on him in that sense um, you could all you get the sense maybe there that that's not the team that he wanted to put together maybe some of those signings are old some of them weren't were done before he um, had full control of the front office but hey you've got to work with um, what you've got and um, you don't love to hear it every week out of Montreal that Anthony Jackson Hamel is kind of a bum or whatever whatever he's been saying um, it just gets a little tiresome and it's 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 a it's a little uh, it's kind of disrespectful but in fairness they haven't really played well um i kind of see a lot of similarities between montreal and san jose um i had a tough time deciding between the two and um they're both very poor defensively um this team's allowed a league worst 29 goals um and to go along with that they've had a lot of inconsistent play at the forward spot they haven't really gotten anything from anthony jackson hamel minus one game and also Mateo Moncosu have really struggled overall. Um, but this this team, I, I think, is a bad team. I think they're going to be near the bottom of the Eastern Conference when all is said and done. But I give them a slight... They've had a slight defensive improvement recently, and they also got Ignacio Piatti. So I give them a slight edge of, above the other two teams at the bottom of my power rankings, but I still don't have much hope for this team. And just to go off of what I said about the three foreign coaches coming in here and really struggling, it's not always the case. And and what, I, what I've what i kind of looked back and seeing is i got to give more credit to both uh, Velko Ponovic and Tata Martino because they both came in here without any experience in this league and, in coaching, and they, um, they did very well. Uh, Chicago 
got to the both teams made it to the first round of the playoffs last year and got a home playoff game, which I think is going to be much more than uh, can be said about any of these three that I just went over. Um, but then rounding out the 20s, I have coming in at number 20, the two-time uh, defending finalists in the MLS Cup, uh, once winning it and once coming in second, the Seattle Sounders, and they've been garbage so far. Um, if we're no holds barred, they've been terrible. They've got seven goals, and I've only played 11, but they've only got seven goals. That's... <clears throat> by far the worst rate in the league. Um, it's a combination of a lot of things. They have a lack of connection all over the pitch. Um, they've had injuries to some of their most um, impressive or um, uh, scary attacking players. Um, and it's just made this team really dreadful to watch. You know, anytime I tune in, it's 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 just sloppy. There's, there's a real lack of cohesion going on. And it's gotten to the point where Schmetzer's just kind of throwing things at the at the wall and seeing what sticks. I mean, Will, Will Bruin, Clint Dempsey, both of their old Dons, um, Wolf Ikram, uh, and Walla Bawana. Uh, Calvin Leardem's been thrown up higher up at the field from his normal right-back spot. Um, none of these things have really worked and paid dividends. And what that's kind of telling me is that the talent is just lacking, um, especially when you don't have a guy like Nico Ladero on the field for most of the time. Uh, he's got to get healthy if they want to have a chance to uh, make any noise. Um, I know in the old MLS, MLS 2.0, 1.0, for those fans that like to go by that, um, you could kind of take a third of the season off and be all right. But this this league, the quality has improved so much, it's much harder to just flip a switch. And I'm not going to entirely count the Sounders out, but I think they're in deep trouble. And they've got a. The only reason I have them even above a few other teams, I mean, if you're looking at what they've actually done, this might be arguably along with Colorado the worst team in the league. But the reason I have them a little higher is just because I think Nico Ladero should be coming back soon. He didn't get called into. Uruguay, so that's one addition that they should have coming. And looking at Garth Lug- uh, Lagerwey's past comments, um, he said that they want to add an eight-figure striker. That's big money. Um, that's a huge upgrade over Will Bruin. And if he- they could get one of those guys, um, and then also Nico coming back, that's a big, big boost in two different spots on the attacking side of the field. Their defense hasn't been terrible. They've, they've only conceded... Um, uh, 14 goals in 11 games not terrible um, if they could start scoring and add those two big pieces up top we might be talking about something else but until there's hard proof of that it's hard to say anything um, for certain uh, moving to 19 team in a somewhat similar spot uh, is DC United they are sitting at 9 points at the East Cellar right now but it's a little deceiving um, this team has not been very good um, They but they've only played 10 games and only 2 of those have been at home so there is some room for improvement in that sense um although they've struggled defensively allowing uh two goals per game the offense has been surprisingly decent um despite the unpredictable nature of playing a guy like darren maddox up top i think he's got about five goals um i think you would have signed up for that there's nine i think he's played nine uh nine games uh i think you would have taken that from him um but with some better performances in their last two, they beat at, uh, San Jose on the road 3-1, and then they drew LAFC. Um, and they, they've still got a sol- some solid midfield options. Guys like Paul Ariola, uh, Ulysses Segura, um, Lucho Acosta, if he's on the pitch. Um, these are these are good players, and they have some talent in those wide spots. Yamil Assad as well. Um 
And you know there's a big money reinforcement coming in the way in Wayne Rooney. And that's why I have them one spot above Seattle. I think they're in a similar spot. They played less games. Um, I think it's defense as opposed to offense um, compared to the two. But unlike Seattle, who we don't know if that guy is really going to be signed or what, we know that Wayne Rooney is coming. And this team has played a little better soccer recently. So I think that there is some room for improvement and to maybe claw their way out of the, the East cellar. Um, and get some play some somewhat respectable soccer um, when they move into Audi Field and get some more home games over the course of the summer and beyond, which is important for that franchise because the last year and a half has been pretty bad. Um, moving to number 18, <clears throat> we got Minnesota United. And uh, this team's been interesting. Uh, early in the season, um, we saw Francisco Calvo come out, and he demanded some extra respect for his loons. And looking back, do they deserve it? I'd say in short, no. Uh, the defense has only slightly improved from their disastrous 2017 inaugural campaign. Uh, last year, they allowed um, over two goals a game. They're still almost allowing two goals a game. It's about uh, just a touch below that. And the offense is actually worse. Uh, last year, at least they put in a good amount of goals they scored 1.38 goals per game they're sitting at 1.21 right now so um Francisco Calvo, you're demanding some respect, but listen, you got to look in the mirror. And I know this has been a hot topic, and a lot of people have kind of ragged on him. I know he wanted to get um, some eyeballs at least up there, but uh, originally I thought this team was turning around a little bit, but it kind of seems like a little bit more the same. Uh, it's a little disappointing. They're sitting at ninth in the conference right now. Uh, it's really right at where they were last year. Um, <clears throat> moving on from that, uh, I do have to give them some props. Um, I do like the Darwin Quintero signing. Um, he's provided some excitement and some skill. He's got uh, three goals and an assist and under 800 minutes played. Um, but some still some inconsistency up top. Uh, for some reason, we don't see Christian Ramirez getting that starts game in and game out. Abudin Lottie's been hurt. Um, we even had to see Mason Toy uh, for, some, for some games. Um, and the, the another problem is the shoddy wing play. I don't think Gomez is, is a guy on the wing that you can start game in and game out. Um, I, 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 they're lacking some production. I think that's why the offensive... Um, the offensive firepower has fallen off a little bit in the last year, but I do like Gar- Darwin Quintero. If they can sign a couple DP, a couple more DPs, if they commit to that when they open that new stadium, because I think the best part of this this organization is their fans, and I do think they got very good fan support out there. And I think when they open their new building, uh, it's going to be fun one, and it's going to be another good um, another good venue in the MLS. So that's good. So I do hope they improve at least collectively and kind of balance out what's been a really rough goal differential in the last uh, year and a half. And uh, but I got to see a little more from them before I believe it. Uh, moving on to 17, we got the Chicago Fire. Uh, midway through last year, uh, the Fire were near the top of the, sat near the top of the standings. Um, but kind of once the dog days of summer hit, they pretty much swooned and eventually crashed out in the first round at home. We all know they lost four nothing to the Red Bulls. And so far, 2018 has looked a lot like the latter, uh, more so than the former. Um, <clears throat> Vilko Ponovic has desperately tried to recapture the magic of that they had in the early season last year. And in the process, he's run out four different formations at least 
over two times uh, so far this season, according to whoscored.com. And uh, going off of this, he's kind of moved around their best player on the field, which is still Bastian Schweinsteiger, who's been very good, but he's played as a center back. He's played higher up the field. He's played a number eight and a number kind of kind of number pseudo number 10. So it's tough when your best player is going all over the place. He doesn't know where he's going to be on a week-to-week basis. Um, we know Nemanja Nikolic production has fallen off a little bit um they don't and they really don't have a true number 10 um that's really what's been hindering their attack and i think nikolic would definitely be helped by that um and to be honest with you without the late signings of guys like kevin ellis and 36 year old eric allen excuse me not eric gordon that was uh, basketball allen gordon this team could be much worse off and i feel like they're at their best. When they're at their best, they're still an average team and in a strong Eastern Conference that just isn't going to fly. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think that they're kind of that around that going to be that eight, eight spot in the East um, when all is said and done. Uh, moving to 16, I, I have Real Salt Lake at 16. Four wins in five, yes. Third in the West currently, yes. But I'm sorry, I just... I haven't seen as much as I'd like from them, and I'm not entirely buying it. And I, to preface this, I really want to. I had this team at third going into the season. I thought they were going to make a big jump um, from last year when they closed strong under Mike Pecky. I thought there was good things brewing there, but I, I just can't buy it so far. I don't, I don't think that it's it's entirely true what these wins. And I'll dive into it. Um, <clears throat> when you look at these four wins and five. Three of them come over. A win over DC, who was down a man and then fought back to a 3-2. And then two of them came over a hapless Seattle team that just can't score. And neither of those really wow me. Now, they did get a solid win over uh, the Dynamo. That was that was a good win for them. I thought they got a little lucky in that game from what I saw of it. But um, a win is a win. And to be honest with you, they do deserve some props from me. Um, I, maybe 16 is a little low, but um, because you do have, you can only play who's in front of you. But I still think that they're a little bit, um, <clears throat> a little bit not in a great spot. Um, I, I think that they're somewhat rudderless in the middle of the park because the combo. Um, it is not exactly working. Um, Demir Krylak and um, Kyle Beckerman have when they've played together um, just hasn't really worked out too well because they're getting overwhelmed with athleticism um, when those two are kind of patrolling the area that sits behind Albert Rusnak because you have to have Albert Rusnak on the field and the formation they're playing with three midfielders um, they've been Pecky's been pretty insistent on playing those other two together and it just hasn't worked they've gotten overwhelmed they've gotten run um, by more athletic teams and um, that's going to be something they have to figure out whether a Krylak comes off the bench a little more or or something else happens. Because one of those wins, they didn't have uh, Albert Rusnak playing. Um, they had Sonny playing in the middle, who's looked pretty good in, in, in the games that he's been in recently. Um, but I don't think that's a long-term strategy. You have to have Rusnak on the field. Um, he's your best player. He's your most productive offensive player. He's making the guys around better. Um <clears throat> So that's something that uh, he's going to have to work out. On the back line, that's also been a little shaky. And um, the center back pairings, been a little iffy. I think Justin Glad is coming along. He had a slow start to the season. He's regaining that form that we've kind of know more from him, the guy that wants to be um, of maybe a future uh, U.S. men's national team guy that could be capped. Um, but... Uh, 
the fullbacks have been a serious problem, especially early on. And there has been some uh, signs of improvement in that area. Uh, uh, playing Danny Acosta um, has been a huge huge bump for them at left back um he's 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 got a lot of skill he aids in the attack um he's young he's athletic um and that's 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 a very big improvement for them and brooks lennon has been playing some solid minutes at right back even though that's not really not his natural spot um so maybe this four out of five is a sign but as of now i'm holding off on it um not i'm still not sold on them um i'd like them to keep keep chugging along but not buying it yet. Still have them at 16. Um, next up is the Vancouver Whitecaps at number 15. This is kind of an enigmatic bunch. They're sitting at 5-5-5 five, five, and five so far. So a team that has a lot of kind of some weird tendencies sitting at that kind of record is... Um, Somewhat makes sense. Um, they can score. Don't get me wrong. They've got 21 goals. Um, Kai Kamara has been solid up top, but they've allowed more than anyone but Montreal. Um, I think that they are sitting at either, I think, 28 goals conceded. Yes, 28 goals conceded so far. Um, so they're kind of a very middling team. Um, they've stolen points maybe where they should not have. The at FC Dallas coming back and the dying minutes. I remember Kai Kamara scoring a, a hundredth minute penalty to to tie it up um they also uh took points at columbus um that was another surprising one but they've dropped ones that they should definitely not as well um uh, home versus uh san jose and even at minnesota um so i think this team is interesting they have fun attacking players on the wings alfonso davies is great and he's only getting better and better um uh christian tachera has been in really good form recently kai kamara has still played pretty well so far up top this is a team that kind of fits his style of play whipping and crosses to him um being a big man in the middle um using his athleticism but i feel like they're still pretty average and their defense is really going to hurt them especially with this world cup coming up because with kendall waston being their team's captain and their leading defender. Uh, they already lost Tim Parker at the beginning of the year. You have to remember that. So Kendall Watson is really the glue back there. Um, they've got Brian Rowe playing at, at goalie, who I'm still not convinced with is, is very is very good. Um, I'm not sure how long Marinovich is out for, but with, with Waston leaving for who knows how long with this World Cup, depends how long Costa Rica goes, they could be in some serious trouble. Um, their back line. I don't, I don't have faith in Jose Aja and their third and fourth string center backs to really hold it down when they've already given up 28 goals uh, and two goals a game with uh, almost two goals a game with Waston there. So I think that that could be very dangerous. I think they can still score. And I think this is an average team that's probably going to narrowly miss uh, the Western Conference playoffs. That's why I've got them at 15 and um, behind a couple of teams that I think um, – really will fight for that last spot. Uh, at 14, I've got the Philadelphia Union. Um, they had a pretty brutal start to the season. I'm not going to lie. They w- were not impressive. I had them at 10th in the East uh, coming into the year, and I thought I was going to be spot on. But they've turned it around. They fa- kind of found some life. They've got a young um, back line, but it's really been solidified. Um, it's, it's really showed some good progress after the early season struggles. And uh, Coach Jim Curtin deserves plaudits for that. You guys like Austin. Austin Trusty and um, McKenzie have really done a, um, a good job forming a partnership back there. You still got Andre Blake playing behind him. Keegan Rosenberry looks more like the guy of two years ago than the one that lost his spot last year. And um, 
But and they've won three out of five games, which is good. And even the two non-wins were pretty impressive. At the Red Bulls, they probably should have won the game. They ended up drawing. They missed a penalty. Um, they I think the expected goals for that game was almost two and a half, almost almost two to like a half for the Red Bulls. And they ended up drawing nil nil. Um, but that was an impressive result at Red Bull Arena. Not an easy place to play. And even in Atlanta, um, they started. Um, they started off the game kind of um, not playing poorly in the first 20 minutes, but then with the whole uh, or 15 minutes, but then the whole disaster situation, I'm not going to get into whether I think it uh, should have been two red cards or not. Um, that's a discussion for another podcast. But after they went down, they conceded that penalty. They gave it up to play the Atlanta, a team that just normally destroys people that are down a man. Look what they did to LAFC earlier in the year. Um, to play them 2-1 for the next 70 minutes um, on the road at that place is a very impressive, um, uh, it, kind of an impressive result. Obviously, you don't get any points for it, but that's kind of like a, a trust builder in the locker room, something that Jim Curtin can kind of point to and almost say like, hey, this might be the best team in the league. And uh, we played them almost even down two guys in their building. So that's, that, that's, that's, it's not, a, it's not any physical points, but it's a, it's a notch in their belt or at least a mental, a mental uh, thing that they can cling to and hopefully build on in the next, uh, in the next couple weeks. Um, this team, I think, can push for a low Eastern Conference spot. Um, but in order to do so, they're going to have to find some more consistent production up top. And preferably that's got to either come from someone like CJ Sapong or Corey Burke or someone else has to emerge is a go-to scorer up top because I love don't get me wrong I love seeing El Cino doing a little a little shimmy and a step over and then blasting the ball into the into the side netting um, as he did against the fire but if you're not having a consistent guy up top like Sapong who scored 14 goals last year or Corey Burke doing it it's going to be very tough over the long haul especially over the summer months um, to compete in a really good Eastern Conference so someone's if they I, it's good signs from them but if they really want to fight for the playoffs someone's got to be that go-to guy up top um, next up is 13 in the LA Galaxy now I thought at first I thought oh, we're going to have this team lower um, it's a strange team and it's been a strange season so far but when I went back and looked at things I'm more optimistic than I originally was. I'm going to be blunt, though. The pieces have not fit so far. Zlatan has been scoring goals. He's got a good um, goals per 90 mark um, near the top of the league. But that doesn't mean it's meshed. And it does not mean that uh, this team has been fluid at all with him in the lineup. Um it, it, it goes both ways. When Zlatan's on the field, he's there to score goals. But when he's not doing that, um, he's not really contributing anything else. And that's not great because this team's had some serious defensive issues um, throughout the year. Even though they're the highest uh, paid back line in the league, they performed like uh, one of the worst. Um, but I still have some faith in this team. And, and, I'll, and, I'll, go, and I'll explain why now. Even with the Dos Santos brothers going to be gone for the World Cup, this team still boasts a lot of attacking talent. They still got Zlatan. Done. They still got Ola Kamara, who's actually played pretty decently on the left wing spot. I didn't think it was going to work at all, but he's, he's kind of found a way to make it work. They still got other guys like Sebastian Legette and um, Emmanuel Boateng, guys that can be problematic for MLS defenses. And they also have their back line's been improving. They've played better of late, and David Bingham has come into a good form. He made nine saves last game. Not saying he's going to do that every game, but that's a big improvement over how he started the season and looked last year. So, 
That, combined with their schedule, um, is why I kind of have some faith in them. Their schedule is looking up. Um, their Six of their seven losses have been to teams that I kind of deem top clubs in the league. Um, Sporting Kansas City, New York City, Atlanta, Red Bulls, and then FC Dallas twice. That's six of their seven losses right there. Their re- remaining schedule is the weakest in the West after facing the toughest one so far. And I'm getting, I'm getting these... Um, Strength of schedule stats from playoffstatus.com. They do some really cool stuff there. Um, uh, showing the winning percentages of teams remaining. Um, but And I'll reference them a couple more times. So all those stats are from playoffstatus.com. But um, I was very shocked when I saw that they played the toughest schedule. And they've actually kind of done what you'd expect. Beaten the teams worse than them. And sometimes hung with, sometimes gotten smacked but have lost to the better teams so i think that they have a chance they have an easier schedule going forward to grab enough points to get um a late western conference playoff spot um so we shall see there um 12 i've got toronto fc and obviously if you look at their point total i think they're sitting at about uh nine right now nine points let me double check that no sorry they're sitting at 11 points right now um It's not good, but I still believe in this team, and I'll and I'll go over why. Um, CCL heartbreak aside, the run proved their quality and um, when they're fully healthy. Um, so what I wanted to do is kind of you look at their twelve uh, games and eleven points. Um, that's obviously somewhat. Um, misconstrued because they played their Toronto their TFC 2 team or arguably maybe their TFC 3 team in a couple of those games where they got shelled um, but I wanted to add in their eight other uh, CCL games along with that and when I did that um, they uh, their record kind of came out at 25 points in 20 games uh, which is about a pace of a team um, like Orlando City right now they'd be sitting on the verge of an Eastern Conference playoff spot and I remember that's a couple games being played um with teams that um, they they just put out their their B and C teams, um, so they they're in terms of that they're on the cusp of an Eastern Conference playoff spot, and um, I, that's why I have them as a mid tier team at the, the this point in time. I think that they have a, the opportunity to go both ways. Um, they're capable of shooting up very quickly if their health and their form kind of stabilize, or they could fall back at this concerning trend of blowing three goal leads and just not scoring and not having your best players on the field keeps going. But I do have faith that if guys like Chris Mavinga, uh, Justin Morrow, uh, Josie Altidore, um, they all come back and that allows um, Michael Bradley to not have to play center back anymore. Um, he was at fault and multiple, multiple times in that crew game and multiple times in the past season. He can't be playing center back. He needs to be playing CDM. Um, but um, if th- those things can all happen, they have a good chance of moving up. And I still am not sold on a bunch of the teams in front of them. I think that they'll end up probably fighting with uh, New England for that last playoff spot when all is said and done. Um, but at number 11, I, one team currently ahead of them is still Orlando City SC. That might seem kind of high for them. And maybe it is. They are on a four-game losing streak. It's been pretty ugly for the Lions. But I'm not willing to jump on the hashtag Christout bandwagon yet. I'll tell you why. Uh, willing, I'm willing to give them some benefit of the doubt. Um, during this four-game stretch, they've been missing guys like uh, Yotun, Dom Dwyer, Jonathan Spector, uh, Scott Center, even Lamine Sané for some of these games. 
Um, and that's like half your starting lineup right there. You look at that, you got two center backs, a right back, so your whole defense is basically out. Your top scorer has been out, and then the guy who's maybe arguably their best, maybe their best player, and um, Yotun, who's been great in the middle of the park, um, is also been gone for some of those games. I think maybe three of those four losses. And they did have an earlier six-game winning streak over the in the beginning of the season, so that's a team that can string together wins when they're healthy. Um, so I do give that some weight. That's why I still have them at 11 but now it's put up or shut up time for them i looked at their schedule and it's tough um it's tough coming up but their next three games could potentially decide their season and the reason for that is their next three are against um the vancouver whitecaps and then two against montreal impact one home and one away um the reason those three games are so pivotal i mean they've already lost four in a row remember that if they only take, say, three out of those nine points, their next five games after that are against Atlanta, LAFC, Toronto, Columbus, and New York City. They could be staring themselves in the face later in the season and by about midsummer, a little after that, and be at ninth in the Eastern Conference and having just being overwhelmed like they have in past years. So if they really want to have a chance, they need to take points. They need to take maybe at least six out of the nine. Seven will be preferable in these next three because that is a gauntlet coming up. So I've given them the benefit of the doubt. I still got them at 11 for now, but they got to perform. And if they don't, Christ could be out and their season could kind of be over before even the, the home stretch of it. So it's a really, really big time for Orlando City. Um, so now we're into the top 10. Um, I've got the Houston Dynamo at number 10. I wanted to drop them a little further down on the list after they lost to both Montreal and RSL back to back, but I still trust them more than the other teams I just listed before prior. And the reason for that is that one, Albert Elise has turned into a top attacker in the league. He's got eight goals and five assists. He's electric going down the wings. Um, his finishing has improved. And on the other side of him, Romel Kyoto's got six assists, and he, he's also got blazing pace. Um, he's been able to link up extremely well with Elise, and um, he's he, they're both ex- they're just really dangerous going down both ways. You can never um, kind of take your eye off of them in the counterattack. Um, uh, uh, Fonmayor, um is kind of a key to this backline stability, and having... Um, uh, Philippe Senderos and Juan David Cabezas uh, fully healthy would also be a key to this team kind of being more consistent um, from the back forward um, not just um, scoring goals um, the team has a lot of talent they've got a lot of good players all over the pitch Mauro Minotas is still there as well um, they've got good guys in the middle of the park uh, uh, Martinez in the middle um, still is there and then obviously those <laughs> the, uh, immense talent on the wings so they have the talent to be definitely a playoff team and maybe more i know early in the season people were talking about this team making a jump but in order to do that and to prove that there is has been a serious um step up from the team uh that snuck into the playoffs last year they need to avoid dropping points to inferior opposition multiple weeks in a row like they did versus rsl in montreal or like they have versus vancouver and many uh minnesota in the past um so i like some things that dynamo have done but I need to see more consistency. I know that they are have a low-budget team, but if you want to make a, a, a real jump um, from just being in the top 10 to like a higher uh, top six or seven team in the league, you can't lose those games. Um, 
and drop points like that. At number nine, I never thought I'd be saying this because I had this team as a bottom tier team. I had them coming in last in the East with a lot of change. Um, at the top um, is New England. I thought that they were going to be bad. I admit I was wrong. Um, Brad Friedel has come in. He's brought both accountability and consistency, um, which is something that that uh, has locker room and that organization has lacked for a couple of years now. I think Jay Heap's voice had grown stale, and it was long beyond time to change it. And I think Brad Friedel has kind of tapped into something there, and he's kind of gotten them on a really nice path. And one of those um, uh, things that goes along with that accountability and consistency is they haven't lost two straight all, all year. So every time that they've kind of had a misstep or the defense has been leaky, um, they've, they've they've fixed themselves and they've gotten right back in the next game and haven't dropped two games in a row at all season, um, which is very impressive for a team that I did not think had the talent to do that. Um, for me, the back line remains a big concern, but I think Matt Turner has been the league's best goalkeeper from start to finish, or not from start to finish, but for the first third of the season so far. He's made incredible saves. Um, And I think not just his play, but having him take down Cody Cropper, who I was never a big fan of anyway, for the starting job um, out of training camp, kind of set the precedent, um, I think, in that locker room from Brad Friedel's point of view. He basically said, nobody's job is safe just because you've been here the last couple of years. Um, A guy like Matt Turner, who has no pro experience, can come in and do this. that's that really said something probably it spoke to a lot of the guys on the team and it's it's shown through and not only that matt turner's repaid him and then some he's been awesome uh, making so many spectacular saves looking at versus atlanta the last week just literally keeping them in the game um his reactions are awesome he's got strong hands um couldn't ask for more and a goalie that hasn't really seen the field ever and um on top of that from the from the front teal bunbury has been really good he's been consistent for about 30 games now i've seen he's got 15 goals in his last 30 games so it's not just this year he's been consistent through the end of last year as well and christian pania a guy i really didn't know about coming into this season has been just electric going down that wing um he's got great footwork he blows by guys and he he's got a strong right foot and he knows how to put it in the back of the net so this team's impressed me so far um i'm concerned about their back line over the long haul but um overall uh, props to brad friedel and company um getting them in the eastern conference playoff picture at number eight about the portland timbers um through five matches that i saw the hashtag geo out uh, rallying cry going around but in their next six order was definitely restored in portland and it is no coincidence that this coincided with giovanni savarese figuring out how to best use diego chara um in their last 17 games without diego chara the timbers are 0 11 and 6 with a negative 21 goal differential and in the past 31 starts that he has made they are they've only lost twice so this man is literally the key to the team um Going beyond that, you might say, oh, what about Diego Valeri or even the guy like their captain, Liam Ridgewell? Um, they're bo- they play about, for each of them, they're about, they've played around 17, 18 games and they're about even, about 5, 5, and 5, and 6, 6, and 6 um, with those guys out of the lineup. So it shows that they can kind of survive a game or two without those guys, but without Diego Chara, this team is nothing. Um, they're don't get me wrong Diego Valeri is brilliant um, uh, Sebastian Blanco has provided, provided him much better support this year um, but Diego Chara is the engine that makes this team run and he has been fantastic they had just won six in a row they drew this past week I think they'll be a little disappointed versus the, uh, with that versus the Galaxy 
And when Diego Chara and Diego Valeri um, are both playing, this is a serious team, and I think that they're going to finish in around um, maybe three or four in the West. Um, I don't think they have as much talent um, throughout their roster as the top teams, but if those guys stay healthy, um, they could definitely make some noise in the playoffs. Um, But I'm still will hold a little back and I don't think that they'll finish at the top of the West um, because whenever you're relying on two individuals that much, um, there's always going to be concern that um, if one of them's a little hobbled or one of them is not themselves, as we saw in the 2017 playoffs with the Timbers where they got knocked out by Houston, um, that is always a worry. Um, at number seven, I've got LAFC and uh, you got to color me impressed with this squad. Um, from the early results um, on the road uh, to to even just moving into Bank of California Stadium, which is a beautiful site. Um, they handled it great. Um, it's It's got a good fan section there and good fan support. I've been impressed with everything I've seen from this organization as a whole, not just the uh, talent on the field. Um, but going off of that, to start the season, winning five of their first seven and then six of those being on the road was just, that's a special start for anybody, not just an expansion team regardless. But to make it an expansion team, it just makes it even that much more mind-boggling. Um, Carlos Vela, I never, to be honest, had a chance to watch him that much before coming here, but he's just been a joy to watch. His left foot is probably the best in the MLS. Um, and then you've got other pieces like... Uh, Benny Failhaber, uh, Laurent Simon, uh, Walker Zimmerman, Diego Rossi. They've all fit in very well. Bob Bradley's done a really good job of piecing that team uh, together. Uh, they sputtered a little bit lately. They're winless in their last four, but they're still in great shape. They've... Um, they got a lot of their road games out of the way early, so they're in good in a good spot um, in the West. They're pretty comfortable. Um, the only thing that I would look um, toward in the long term for them that could be a potential that is a potential weakness is that their lack of depth. Um, they are losing some guys to the World Cup. Um, Laurent Simon will be gone. Um, as well as uh, a few as one or two others um so that's going to be something that they have to try to replace and uh, i'm not sure if their depth is a good enough to do that um and b over the long haul that's going to wear guys down so one of the key things for them is if how well um, Lee Wynn can kind of slot into that lineup for guys and um, like like Carlos Vela and kind of play that role of a number 10 that's setting the table for other guys um, because he's going to be key filling in over these summer months. Not only are they going to be hot in L.A., but they're missing some of their key contributors. So if they want to stay in a good spot in the Western Conference, um, that's going to be a, a kind of a storyline to look towards. Um, number six, I've got the Columbus crew, and this team is all about defense, and it's it's been really impressive to watch. Only 13 goals allowed. That's best mark in the MLS by um, a good amount of teams that have played a comparable number of games. It is still best in the league, but it's even teams that have played less. Um, and it's impressive, and it starts all the way at the back with um, a guy that seemingly will be leading the U.S. men's national team in the near future uh, in Zach Steffen. He has got cat-like reflexes at the back, even with a broken th- – I heard he has a, a fracture in, I think, his right thumb and even playing against uh, Sporting Kansas City. Um, a couple a couple weeks ago, he was still magnificent in goal, and he's just been awesome, awesome to watch. Um, really special player. Um great uh, uh, maybe his, his distribution of his feet could be a little better but um, other than that 
he's he's like a spring back there. He's he's amazing. Um, Giassi Zardes has been totally reborn. Um, and Federico Higuain is internal. He's still got he's got four goals and five or uh, six assists um, so far this season, and they're unbeaten in eight. Um, and this has all got to go back to Greg Berhalter. Um, don't get me wrong, Giassi Zardes, good for him coming back, but I think this is Greg Berhalter's system. We've seen it. Uh, whether it's Ola Kamara, whether it's Kai Kamara, now it's Yassi Zardes. These guys have all put up their best numbers when they're in this system um, that's got these, um, that's got uh, Federico Higuain setting them up and um, got good fullback play that's coming up and helping and overlapping and uh, and setting the table for these guys. Um, the only uh, kind of concerns that I have with them, they've got lack of wing production. Christian Martinez is not a guy that's impressed me so far. I think that Mike Grella could be a guy when he gets fully fit that um, that really helps. He had a beautiful dummy earlier a couple weeks ago uh, to set up a goal for Zardes. Um, and they have had the easiest schedule in the league so far, and they have the toughest remaining one. So... Only, like I said, you can only play who you, you're against. But can they keep this up? Can they keep holding teams down and not um, and, and not allowing goals uh, when they start playing um, a little bit of a higher level of competition? It's something to look for. Now we get to the top five, and this this was tough to kind of put together, but I'll try to give you my reasoning here. Number five, I've got the Red Bulls. And this was very close between four and five. Um, they're sitting in a great position right now. They've got 22 points. They've only played 12 games. They've got a 13-plus goal, differen- goal differential. Even after their disappointing prior two outings where they dropped points versus Philadelphia um, and New England, they're still in a really good spot. They've got games in hand on the teams above them. Um, and they've proven that they can p- compete with the best in the league, as evidenced by their 4 nothing win versus NYCFC and a 3-1 win at Atlanta both in the last about month or so um, so they, they really can compete with the best in the league and um, there's a lot of positives to look up I mean Tyler Adams is a star I mean we know he's leaving probably at the end of the season so you got to really relish these next 20 games that he's got left in the MLS um, he's dominating in the middle of the park covers a ton of ground has really thrived from that switch to the from the right back spot um, towards the middle um, Kaku has been marvelous in both his setup um, he's, he's near at the top of the MLS less an assist and then also his individual skill. I feel like he's not making people every single um, game every time I tune in. And Bradley Wright Phillips has been incredible. I mean, we it's it's so kind of just, oh, it's BWP being BWP, but he's getting older and he's, I got even better, um, he's on a, a better pace than he was at last year. Um, it's, it's really impressive. Um, <clears throat> Their back line has improved. The Tim Parker trade was really good um, to bring him in and alongside Aaron Long and Michael Michael Murillo has been very good back there. Um, so this team's got a lot of positives going for them. But the few things that I have to say are can they break down teams that bunker in? Um, Philly kind of did that to them and they didn't really have anything going for them. They probably should have lost that game. Um we know that they love to pressure you. When teams are playing more direct and kind of sitting back, isn't that going to be something that's problematic for them? It's always been the question with these Jesse Marsh teams. Can they um, kind of do it against that type of team? Um, we'll see. I'm sure more teams will probably try to do that down the stretch against them. And obviously, Luis Robles is injured. Um, Iron MLS Ironman, sad to see his streak of games come to an end. And Ryan Mir has been solid, but it's still always going to be a loss when you lose one of the best goalkeepers in MLS. Probably history, if we're being honest. Um, and... Uh, 
I have written down coach longevity, and I'm going to get back to that in about two minutes as I go down to NYCFC. NYCFC is sitting in fourth. I have them a sliver above the Red Bulls at five. Um, And they're sitting on almost two points a game through 14. And that seems really great for New York City, but the success still seems a bit uneven. Um, I would say even considering that they face the East toughest schedule so far, we've seen three different times this year that they just totally no-showed. And that's three times in the last month and a half. Um, And those performances where we saw it against Portland, we saw it against um, the Red Bulls, and we saw it against um, uh, Houston. And each of those times were on the road and they just got pummeled. And that's not something you want to see. You can't afford to. That's where the problem that they've had in the playoffs too, when they go on the road, you can't no show games and get pummeled because in a a two leg uh, series, it's going to be too much to overcome. We saw it versus Columbus last year. It's not a good tone to set for this year. Um, but nevertheless, David V is still um, is still awesome. Um, they're doing a good job. Patrick Vieira is doing a good job of subbing him in and out. He's not super happy about it, but it'll probably be good for him in the long run. But um, one thing I'll say is they do have a couple good wins. Um, first game of the season versus SKC. We didn't know it at the time on the road to nothing. It was going to be as good as it looks now. Um, but also um, they did win this one. They have the one. Um, Credit for FC Dallas's one loss of the season. Um, but other than those two, they haven't beaten the top team in a while. Um, so their upcoming stretch is going to be a big opportunity for them. But their improved depth across the back line and midfield should kind of propel them through the hot summer months when others may tire out. <coughs> excuse me, and fatigue. And they have upcoming matches with Atlanta, Red Bulls, and Toronto FC in the next month. So that's a huge chance for them to kind of show, okay, we're still top dogs in this league. We can still compete with the best of them and beat them. Um, but to go back to what I said about coach longevity, it kind of applies to both these teams. We hear keep hearing reports that NYCFC is going to lose Patrick Vieira maybe as early as next week. That's going to be a huge loss for them if that happens. And now reports are coming out today about maybe Jesse Marsh being connected to maybe leaving for either Red Bull Salzburg or Red Bull Leipzig in some capacity. And while these moves are good for MLS as a whole, if these coaches go um, go back to Europe and become very successful, it's going to be very problematic for the teams that they leave. And you're going to be left in a mid-season situation where you're either relying on an assistant coach or hiring someone um, that has does not have any prior knowledge of the team to come in and fill a role. And Jesse Marsh and Patrick Vieira are guys that have... immense respect um, garnered by the guys in their own locker room and across the league. So either losing either one of those midseason, even with the talent on both of those rosters is why I'm kind of concerned about both of them. And they're both sitting at five and four, as opposed to maybe being a little higher on this list. Moving to the top three, I have FC Dallas coming in at third. Originally, when I kind of pre-scripted this in my head, I thought I would have them a little lower. But when I dug deeper, eh, I have to give big props to Oscar Perea. They've got three straight wins as of now. Only one loss uh, on the season so far, the lowest of any team. And I've already had six, uh, two six-plus unbeaten streaks. So Perea has really done it all. He's reignited Mauro Diaz by utilizing him in creative ways in different areas of the field, whether that be in the central or having drift him, drift out left. He's brought out youngster Reggie Cannon, who's just been awesome at right back. Um, he's explosive. He's got attacking prowess going forward as well as being a solid defender as of now. Um, 
He's turned Roland Lamar and Maxi Arruti into consistent scorers this year, and they found two solid goalkeeping options. Not just uh, um, not just <clears throat> Jesse Gonzalez, who we knew was good, but Jimmy Moore played so well that he could have enough time to really heal himself up and not rush back. Um, so, and he's done all of this while having really good squad rotation and. Um, subbing guys in and out and uh, doing that on a consistent basis which is good for the long long haul this team now has depth in other spots with Jacory Hayes getting time while Kalen Acosta was out so now he can really play he's shown that he's got some good skill and Michael Barrios has even been coming off the bench sometimes which is a great attacking option to have to reinforce the guys up front my biggest fear for them is that they're left side of the defense. I'm not sold on Rado Ziegler at center back. I've seen some shaky moments from him conceding penalties and red cards. And I don't know if Ryan Hollingshead is the long-term solution at left back. We know that's not his typical position. Um, I know Ned Yalkov could be coming back, but I'm not entirely sold on him either. And they've conceded eight goals. Um in their last five games, even though four of those were wins, that's still a decent amount of goals to be giving up. So you things to keep an eye on, but it's a little bit of nitpicking. This team has been excellent so far, and that's why I've got them at three. And um, <clears throat> the second best team in the West. The f- I have the best team in the West being the number two team in my power rankings, and that's Sporting KC. Um, this team is fun to watch. Um, they had got off to a bit of a rough defensive start, but things are back to normal for them and the back to normal defensively. But the goals have continued to come in, um, which is which is the most surprising part. They've got a goal differential of plus 14. They've scored 28. They've only given up 14. So they're right back in contention for best defense in the league after that bad start. They're unbeaten in their last five. It could be 13 if it not for an interesting call in New England um, because they had been seven before that. Um, But this team has been exciting. Peter Vermees has got to be very happy about it. Um, Johnny Russell has been one of my favorite players to watch this year. Um, Such a good one-on-one ability um, with that left foot from cutting in from the, uh, from the right wing. Felipe Gutierrez was, was playing great. Um, Not only just setting the table, but also actually putting the ball in the back of the net until his injury. But, his injury is actually why I have them so high. I thought that was going to be a big blow to them, and I thought they were going to drop a lot of points. But even playing a guy like Johan Cruzet, who's not been great, I will admit that, they've still managed to grind out result after result after result and be at the top of the West through 14 games. I mean, it's just it's it's just awesome. Um and it's awesome to watch, and that gives me a lot more confidence that when he does come back, this team is going to be even more rejuvenated. Their offensive attack will be good. They might be getting tired as that point comes when he comes back in around maybe August or so, but that's just going to be such a boon for them to get him back because he's such a talented player. And uh, moving on to the guys that are on the field, uh, Daniel Shalloway has been awesome both in his finishing and in his setup. He's got four goals and four assists. Ilya and Roger Espinoza have been superb pairing in the middle. They've really gotten to know each other in the last year and a half or so and they bossed the middle of the park uh, for most of the season and the back line of Tim Melia has rediscovered last year's magic and we know how good the former goalkeeper of the year is at shot stopping in front of the net I picked this team to finish top of the west and all I've seen so far has bolstered that belief in what is really the weaker of the two conferences and moving to number one I have none other than Atlanta United. Um, Even with their three losses so far, which I was kind of surprised that they have that many, the five stripes are my pick to be the... 
the pick as the top team in the MLS so far. They boast the league's top scorer in Josef Martinez with 12 goals. Arguably, it's top playmaker Miguel Almiron, as well as the league's largest ever signing, who's becoming more and more comfortable week in, week out, and Ezekiel Barco. Um, Julian Gressel has been playing great as a right wing back this so far this year. His service has been excellent. Um, He's kind of doing a little, maybe more offensive version, but he's it's similar to Tyler Adams last year in that he's getting moved to that spot out of his regular position as a midfielder, but he's kind of thriving there because he has the freedom to go forward a lot with the three um, the three guys at the back behind him. And Nagby has fit in well pulling the strings from a deeper lying position that he has in past years. And this team is just really rolling on all cylinders. Um, when you have a guy like Hector Vialba coming off the bench, that just proves how much talent all throughout the roster there is. Um, my only worry for them is that whether Jeff Lorenowitz can continue his stellar de- defensive mid-play all year protecting that back line because he is 34 years old. But so far, so good in that respect. He's been very good. I think LGB, uh, sorry, L- LGP, Leandro Gonzalez-Perez could also be a little more consistent. But these are all kind of just small little things that I've I picked out. I know their first loss of the season, they got pummeled, and people thought there was some big reason for concern, um, but they've really alleviated those fears. Um, as of now, I think Atlanta is the top team in the MLS and look poised to build on last season's inaugural success, and um, I can't lie, they've been really, really fun to watch. Um whether they're at home or on the road, Tata Martino's got this team playing confidently, and um, I'm excited to see what they do in the playoffs this year. I really am. Um, it should be, it should be good fun. But um, that closes out my midseason power rankings. Um, it was really fun being able to get back and doing them again. Um, I've been following MLS. I'm going to try to do more podcasts in the near future. But um, to close it out, um, from CCL to Zlatan to VAR and more, we've seen just wild scenes throughout the MLS so far. So here's just the same over the last 20 games for each and every club. Thank you very much. Let me know what you think of the power rankings. And here's to a, rest of, a good rest of the 2018 MLS season.